to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app by searching for The Church at Bushland in your app store. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know how this ministry is impacting your life by emailing us at info at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so in our app or by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Well, welcome back to another episode of Digging for the Truth. I am so thankful that you're joining us today. Well, tonight we're going to be talking about the weary church in the end times. Do you believe we're in the end times? I do. I absolutely do. Not only do I believe that we are in the end times, but as Jimmy Evans says it, I believe that we are at the end of the end times. And we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight because let me tell you, I've had a lot of conversations lately and so many of these conversations have steered towards I am weary, I am tired, I am discouraged. And I tell you what, tonight, we're, I guess this technically is still in the end times series, but we're going to have a more positive conversation about who are we? What are we doing as the church? Are you feeling weary, and what can you do about it? So when I was thinking about all this and starting to put it together, there's something that kind of just popped in my head. And there's been a number of polls and surveys, but the thing that popped in my head was that series. You remember uh, Lord of the Rings? I'm a Lord of the Rings fan. Are you a Lord of the Rings fan? Well, I remember this scene right here with uh, Warm Tongue, I believe was his name, and he was going to Theoden, and he had Theoden, you know, under this spell, you know, it was like just foggy mind and covered, he couldn't even think for himself anymore. And to be honest with you, I kind of feel like that's what's going on in the world, is that just so many deceivers and false prophets are speaking in us and around us that if we're not totally grounded in the Word, that a lot of bad things are just going to come up. So, you know, I just, we're constantly being attacked these days. There's always bad news. I mean, there is the world is on fire. In fact, Maui literally was on fire this last week. You know, the, the, the death toll, we still don't know what it's going to be. The government seems absent from, from tragedies like that, but is inserting themselves in wars all over, the, all over the world. And, you know, we have, I mean, if you're watching the news, President Trump is now looking at 717 years of prison. Uh, inflation, of course, the news says that the, uh, the Bidenomics and the current inflation is, the, the economy is really good. Well, do you know, I, evidently they are not impacted by the uh, $709 the average family is being put upon in addition to their previous expenses a year ago every single month. So yes, there's a lot going on. And then you take, oh, I can't tell you how many people I've sat with and they're struggling in their work and they're struggling in family and they're struggling in relationships. So I know that's a lot to talk about or a whole mouthful as we get started, but this is one of my favorite scenes right there. You see that? Like, hey, just, he says, get out of here. And that's what we need to tell the enemy. That's the devil right there. And there's Gandalf just saying, get out of here. And that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to tell the enemy to get out of here. We're going to see life come back into our face and we're going to kick warm tongues butt out of the, out of the king's uh, uh, presence. So anyway, with that being said, see, the life's going to come back in our eyes, just like this scene. Anyway, I digress. I want to just go ahead and I want to start with one of the most important things that we can, and that is Scripture. So right here, I'm going to begin with 2 Timothy, uh, beginning in verse 3. This is something that I've, I've talked about quite a bit lately, but first of all, we need to understand the battlefield that we're on and that we are living in this. Does this sound familiar? Let's just read it. But know this, in the last days, perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud 
blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Have you all been watching the news about all these kids all over the country that are just going in and robbing these stores and these mobs and beating people up? I mean, I've about had it. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you, those kids would have a very rude awakening, awakening if they encounter me. But anyway, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying his power. And from such people, turn away. I believe that that describes what's going on in the world right now to a T. There's something that's kind of interesting that's come out. So the uh, if you don't listen to endtimes.com with Jimmy Evans, I highly recommend it. Um, you know, it's something, it's one of my resources. It's one of the people that I really like to listen to. In fact, uh, Brandy and I, we grew up underneath uh, Jimmy Evans and his ministry, his marriage ministry. And we were, uh, you know, long attendees of, of Trinity Fellowship before the Lord moved us over to TCAB. But he was speaking the other day on his podcast, and he was talking. He was referencing a, uh, you know, a, a Barna group poll, and is they did two or they they surveyed two hundred sorry two thousand and thirty three adults. And here's something that's interesting. I'm going to go through this with you, but I'm going to provide a twist because he the the survey he you know was talking about it was Barna group, and it seemed very recent. But here were some crazy numbers, and I want you to see these. So when you look at the the current basically what they did is they had a, a, a six series of questions that they would ask each these two thousand and three hundred individuals beginning with question number one and, and this is to find out if you have a biblical worldview so if you can answer these six questions we'll see if you have a biblical worldview number one Jesus lived a sinless life number two. God is the all-powerful and all-knowing creator of the universe, and he still rules today. Question number three, salvation is a gift from God and cannot be earned. Number four, Satan is real. It's amazing how many people believe in evil but not Satan. Number five, a Christian has a responsibility to share their faith in Christ with others. And number six, the Bible is accurate in all of its teachings. So, where did you land in that questions, a series of questions? Well, let me tell you what the rest of the world did. Only 4% of adults surveyed, 4% had a biblical worldview. The crazy thing is only 9% of born-again Christians or people who say they are born-again Christians had a biblical worldview, 9%. You know, it gets, so they broke it down by different denominations. When you looked at the Protestant church, it was 13%. Uh, when you looked at um, Pentecostal, it was 10 B uh, The Baptists were 8%. Um, but here's what's interesting is that when you look at people who declare themselves as Protestants, it was 7%. But when you look at mainline Protestant churches, it's only 2%. What is a mainline Protestant church? Well, you see all these churches that are now opening their doors to the things of the world. Okay, so the Lutherans and the Episcopals and the Methodists and so forth, okay, the Presbyterians. What's nuts is only 1% of Catholics had a biblical worldview. But here's the, here's, all those things are sad, okay, but the scariest thing was that that study was actually done. I went and looked it up. That study was actually done, are you ready for this, in 2003. That's the year my wife and I were married over tw nearly tw 20 years ago. It was 20 years ago. So how much has this changed today? 
Well, I would go ahead and venture to say, especially since I, you've heard me speak and teach on the apostasy of the church, that this is going to be far greater. So I want to read you another scripture. Let me get back over here to this, number two. So number the second scripture I want to share now is I marvel. It's in Galatians uh, chapter 1, beginning uh, in verse 6, says, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you to the grace of Christ, to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed, as we have said before. So now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you, then what you have received, let him be accursed. That is one of the biggest problems that we fight. And we're going to talk about that more here in just a minute. But when you get away from a biblical worldview and you begin to bring in other doctrine into your life and into your mindset, well, then you're going to be drawn away from Christ-like or biblical thinking. And that's really a sad thing. So there's a, another, another uh, study that was done by Ligonier Ministries. If you're not familiar with them, um, it's R.C. Sproul. Um, now, I have some theological disagreements and, dis and differences from R.C. Sproul. He is a, a full-on Calvinist, really. Uh, I have an issue with a Calvinist mindset, and it, it basically breaks away from the whole concept of free will. Um, but I, I don't want to get too deep into that. But I do agree with many of the surveys and polls they do. They do one called the State of Theology. In fact, it's a website called the State of Theology. And you can go out there and look at it. It's actually pretty, very well done um, how they break some of these things down. But I want to give you some of these uh, statistics. 56% believe that God accepts the worship of all religions, including Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. So this is a, I can't tell you how many times I've had this conversation with people is that is the, you know, we, we can be saved so many different ways. You can't. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through him. Let me tell you, if you really want to dig into the word, and you start, and you, and you will eventually believe that the Bible is the inner, infallible, and, and inspired word of God. It's the most scrutinized book in the history of the world. Do you know why the Quran and some of these others are not so scrutinized? Because they're easy to disprove. You know why the Bible is so scrutinized and everybody attacks it, and yet it still stands on its own accord? It's because it is the truth. It always revealed itself. And so, um, anyway, it's, there's only one way. Okay, here's some more. Uh, nearly half believe that God learns and adapts to different circumstances, that God changes. Let me tell you something. God does not change. If you find yourself far from God, you moved. God does not change. He is unchanging. And that is one of the most important things for us to understand as believers is I don't want to serve a God who changes, who gets mad at me, and the circumstances of the world change, so he's going to change the rules. He has been the same. From the very beginning, he is the Alpha, he is the Omega, he is unchanging. The only ones who change are us. 38% see Jesus as a great teacher, but he was not God. That is scary. You know what's interesting? There was a, a movie that I don't even want to tell you about. It was popular. It had Tom Hanks in it. I'll give you a little hint. Um, but it, it was, it's, uh, it's, it's heresy. It's a heretical movie. Um, but it showed when this movie came out um, within the Catholic Church, they lost millions. Millions of people turned their back on God um, and gave up their faith because they, they believed it. That's, the, that's why it's so important to know what the word is. Um, this particular movie basically says that, you know, Jesus, you know, he just fell asleep on the cross. Took down, he married Mary Magdalene. 
I mean, it, it, it's 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 absolutely. But here's the thing: what's interesting? Sixty minutes um, is did a spread on them, and I normally am not going to trust sixty minutes, but um, I got this from a great source. And anyway, they did a whole spread on that particular movie, and they came back and, and they said it's all a bunch of gobbledygook. And the Bible is they ironically supported and defended the Bible and and easily disproved all this other junk that Hollywood had put out there. 60% say the Holy Spirit is a force, but not a personal being. Between this answer and the previous one, we see a denial of the Trinity. And that's another scary thing. I mean, that's that comes from Star Wars. Don't get me wrong. Love Star Wars, okay? But Star Wars mindset and concept that, hey, the force, you know, the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is an individual. Of the, he's, he's, he makes up one of, the, of the, 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 the three parts of the triune God. And Holy Spirit, when you pray, who do you think you're praying to? Who do you think hears you immediately right now? We know that Jesus is in heaven right now at the right hand of the Father. Holy Spirit is here. We are talking to Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit fills us, communicates with us, protects us, defends us, communicates on our behalf to the other triune portion of the, of the, of the Trinity. I'm going to go ahead and jump over some of this other stuff. But basically, when you begin to, if you, you hear something, uh, of a lot of these statistics, and that is they're taking a piece of this and a piece of this, and they're saying, hey, you know what, I'm going to make up my own, you know, Christianity and belief and religion. Well, that actually goes all the way back to the beginning of the church. It's called syncretism. And syncretism basically is a mixture of pagan or worldly or secular concepts, ideologies mixed with the gospel or Christianity. And it is actually, uh, it's heretical. It's something, in fact, what's interesting <laughs> This morning, in fact, I was uh, reading um, out of Colossians, and so, uh, and this very this very thing came up. So, if you want to get to this, I don't have it on the screen, but in uh, in Colossians chapter two, beginning in verse six, it says, "As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving." Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. So syncretism is actually something that's been going on uh, since the beginning of the church. And it kind of makes sense because they all grew up with all, in these, all these countries in Asia and Greece with all these different gods and so forth. And so uh, it was they had a, a corrupted mindset, and people kept trying to leech this back in. In fact... This is something that's been going on, I mean, even uh, here, you know, in, in, the, in, in America. Uh, and some people take it to an extreme, and they talk about Christmas, and it was originally a pagan, you know, holiday and all that stuff. And, I, yeah, I understand the argument, okay, but we can go a little far on some of this. However, I want to read this. In 1 Corinthians 10, beginning in uh, verse 19, what I am saying then, that an idol is anything, uh, or what is offered to idols is anything. Rather, that the things which Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. And I do not want you to have fellowship with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and the table of demons. So when we get in this, you know, syncretic mindset and the syncretism, and we begin to, you know, offer idols or we're worshiping a portion of the world, God's saying you can't partake of both. You have to choose between me, the truth, the way, the life, or the world, but you can't have it both ways. 
So I want to I want to read one last scripture here, uh, and then I want to I have somebody I want to uh, bring on the program uh, today that actually had I think what was a very um, God inspired dream. But I want to read this scripture, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this uh, person on the program. But beginning in First Thessalonians, beginning of First, uh, ch- uh, sorry, chapter five, verse five, you are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet of the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint to us wrath, but obtained salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we take, sorry, wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another just as you are doing. And the reason this scripture matters right here is that we need to be edified by the body. The body, I feel like, is asleep and needs to wake up. And that's what's ironic is that <clears throat> we need hope. We need to wake up and we need to attack these things head on. We're weary. We're discouraged. We're tired. Well, I'll tell you what. There is actually, I'm going to bring somebody on the program that you're going to recognize because this individual had a phenomenal dream a couple of years ago, but I'm going to let her tell you about it. And welcoming to the program now, Brandy Taylor, my wife. How are you doing? Hi, I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing well. Well, I appreciate you coming back on uh, the program. I know that it's not your favorite thing to do this. Uh, well, that's okay. It feels more natural because I'm at home. No versus having to stand over there with things on your head like I am. Yeah, I don't like that as much. This yeah. is more comfortable. Well, I'm glad. And actually, I think this is a good way to uh, to go about this. But I, I wanted to, to bring you in tonight because um, you a couple of years ago, and I'm going to let you tell the story. I'm just kind of setting it up. But a couple of years ago, uh, the Lord gave you a dream. And I kind of want you to share what you thought then and especially, though, what the Lord has kind of told you about it now, if you don't mind. Sure. If you don't mind, though, I want to just start by saying despair just feels like it's laid out like a thick blanket. Um, mm-hmm. I think saints and sinners alike, we're, we're all just feeling the, the weight of it all. And it's very heavy and uncomfortable. And um, I, I know any saints that I've talked to lately that they've given their whole yes to Jesus that they're just tired, weary. And I, I think of that Matthew 11, that's just been in my pipeline, as I like to say, these last several months, but especially this week. Um, I, you know, just between inflation and wrecks and a busted windshield and surprises from our kids and credit card fraud and, you know, just life. And, and that was just this time. week. In fact, yeah. some of that was just today. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I think we just, we can just start to feel tired. And then also I've been discouraged. I feel like I've really missed the mark on some things I thought I had heard the Lord to say. And then also disappointments. The Bible says, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And I still believe that is true, by the way. But um, I'm not seeing the fulfillment of these healings and things that I thought the Lord had said. I I missed the mark, I think. I'll just be honest with you. So I'm just owning up to that. Um, I was talking to my mom, and I'm not sure where she heard this, but she talked about how disappointment means to miss an appointment. And the enemy really wants to lie to us and make us think that 
the things God has said aren't That's true. Really Really he good. wants us to think that um, the things God spoke to us personally, that oh, you just didn't hear it or that we're doing it wrong. I feel like I've even found myself thinking, well, did I forget to tithe about something or and going into this place of legalism and where I'm or maybe I'm supposed to hold my mouth a certain way or maybe I I did some sin that I didn't know I did and I need to go repent. I mean, I've even gone to these deep things, just evaluating my discouragement and disappointment and weariness. And I want you to know the enemy's a liar. In John 8, 14 or 8, 44, I can't remember. He, Jesus says that the enemy's a liar and that's his only language and that's mm -hmm. all he knows how to that's do. Right. Um and in First Peter five eight, of course, y'all know that one. He's a roaring lion, and he's going around to see who he can devour. And he's he's roaring awfully loud, but that doesn't mean he's going to eat us. <laughs> and yeah. um, we've just got to know the word, and we've got to use that sword and fight. We can't we can't just accept those feelings of discouragement and weariness. We've got to know what the Bible says about these things and rest in Jesus. Right. Um, in Isaiah 61, 3, I'm just going to read it. Um, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead a spirit of despair. Note the, the garment of praise. Um, you're putting on clothes. It, we, we have to do that. God's not going to dress you. You're not a little baby. Um, we've got to decide to put on that garment of praise. And I think it is through praise that we can defeat the discouragement. Um, but all that, onto the dream I had. It was actually nearly two years ago, exactly. Real quick, I want to ask you a question, though, because that uh -huh. was a lot of really good stuff. So, you know, the one thing that I, I want to point out is that um, we have been talking to a lot of people who are also very mature Christians. And they, yeah. have, they, have, they have, I mean, the word, literally the word weary, discouraged, um, you know, has come up. We, we've also seen the enemy attack um, marriage like we've never seen it attacked before. Uh, yeah. And I would say also health. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this is very personal for us. And we have people that we love that are in our circle that we've been praying for healing, kind of like what you're saying. We have you mentioned that, but it's just that that okay, God, well, well, why? These are righteous, godly people. Yeah. So I want to. I think it's important that we one when when we don't have an answered prayer or it's not answered the way or in the time that we think it should have been answered, that we go back to the Word and we trust God in His timing. And I think that's also really important while, why, just like that scripture I read before I brought you on, that we can't be asleep. Right. We got to be ready because God's going to show up, but we have to be ready when God shows up. And I think now is the perfect time for that dream because I think that's exactly what this is saying. Right. I think it's interesting, too, because the dream was very pertinent to me when I had it. Uh, back in 21. And and by the way, I don't dream. So when I do dream, I really pay attention. Not that they're all spiritual, but um, in fact, some of them aren't. But when I dream, I, I pay attention because it's not generally something that happens. But um, the dream was very pertinent then, but I feel like it's even more pertinent now and not just for me personally. Um, so in the dream, it's very gray and dark and ominous. The sky is um, just very cloudy. And 
it's almost like a camera comes down and shows us the view of this um, street in a medieval village. And on either side are little cottages. And down the center of the street comes tearing down the, down the middle and on horseback this soldier who is in wool and leather. He's not in you know knight's armor but he he's ready for battle and you can tell he is a leader you can tell that he's confident um and he's on a mission he's in a hurry he comes shouting down the street desperately wake up wake up wake up and he his horse is <laughs> just stuttering and, and he gets off his horse and he barges in all these different cottages and on the cottage or on the beds inside the cottages are the saints and on their foreheads in big black letters there are the words discouraged disheartened disillusioned demoralized disappointed and every, every time he turns the sleeper over these words are written on their forehead and he's just shaking them and shouting urgently wake up wake up and i heard i heard cried out where are the intercessors where are the prophets where are the warriors and then i heard the scripture hope deferred makes the heart sick but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life proverbs 13 12. Um, the saints are tempted to grow silent feeling like their prayers aren't useful feeling like um they should probably just stay quiet because it's not working like they thought it should or that maybe they aren't good enough for God to even hear their prayer. Um, the prophets are becoming silent. They're be believing the lies that prophecy is dead. They're believing the lies of the enemy that they can't hear God, that God's not speaking to you. Um, the intercessors and the prophets and the warriors have to wake up. We, we've I got agree. to believe that God did call us. Um, so I have a prayer here, and you don't have to close your program, but could I could Absolutely. I pray it? I'd love to hear it, please. Okay. I wrote it down so I wouldn't mess it up. So anyway, I'm not going to close my eyes, and that's why. <laughs> God, activate your prophets, intercessors, and warriors again. Breathe your breath of life, of of life to encourage, to fill, and to waken these sleeping soldiers. Put in their hearts boldness and supernatural faith to believe you, to dare to hope. Give them endurance. Give them stamina to keep going. Remind them what you have already done and speak to them about what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. That's really good. Well, thank you for coming on tonight. And sure. for sharing that word, um, I think that that dream probably is going to resonate with quite a few people. And I know that it has resonated with me. So, again, me. thank you for sharing your time. And I love sure. you. <laughs> I, don't tell <laughs> I, love I don't I don't tell it to everybody. <laughs> That's cute. All right, Sugar. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You know, she gave a great word. You know, what's interesting is that I was actually going to kick this program off talking about um, some of the things that are, are, are hard to deal with, you know, for example, I don't, there's a CDC study that came out or basically, well, it is a study, but it came out uh, saying that suicide rates are higher than they've ever been. And, you know, that's due to despair. T suicide is a, is a 
permanent solution to a temporary problem. And I know that many times we think that, uh, you know, it can't be resolved. You know, I, the number that really blew my mind, and I think this is even understated, is that one person every 11 minutes in the United States is taking their life. And it's for things that other people are generally doing to us. But let me tell you something. You're not alone. I don't know if you've heard um, of, of this fellow. Let me see if I can find here. But um, in one week, this last week, this individual, his name is uh, Oliver Anthony, and he became just a, a sensation this week. And who he is, he wrote a song. I think I said Oliver Anthony. It was Anthony Oliver. But anyway, he became a, a sensation um, this week. And it's because he, he wrote a song that resonates with people. And I'm going to show my computer. And here it is. You can find it out online, and you ought to look him up. And he wrote a song, and I'm just going to go ahead and give you, a, you know, a, a little bit of a, a heads up. There is some language. He cusses a little bit. But he's a believer. I know. Believers cuss. It happens. But he's angry. And, and he's talking about just the, the everyday guy. He's going out trying to make a living. And the, the, the song is The Rich Men North of Richmond, which is Washington, D.C. And talks about all these deletes, D.C. elites. And how they're attacking, you know, the everyday person, you know, and, and that's true. We are overtaxed, overburdened, and we continue to see our money go to all these places all around the world that don't have anything to do <clears throat> um, with, with us. But not only that, they continue to put more and more burden on us. If you're paying attention to these shows and we're going to, you know, next week we're going to actually probably be talking about the cashless society again, but the things that are going on presently, I have another expert I'm going to bring on, um, but that it gets discouraging. But here's the crazy thing. So this guy right here, a week ago, a little over a week ago, this one place, this venue he is at, he had 20 or 30 people. Went back to the same venue this week, several thousand. He's reached millions of people. In one week, things can change dramatically. America is waking up. That's wonderful news. America's waking up. And you need to remember where your hope is. I want to read this scripture to you. In Hebrews 10, beginning in verse 23, it says, Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. And that's something that's really important. Come back to that in a minute. As is the manner of some, but exhorting one another. And, and so much uh, the more as you see the day, can notice that capital D, approaching. That's where we are. It's telling us, Jesus knew what, what these times were going to be like. He knew that in these times, we're going to need community, and community would never be more important. And he knew that we would have a tendency. He, he already knew that the pandemic was going to happen, and people were going to be locked up in, 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 in their homes and not be able to go to work or go to school, and the levels of depression that were going to come on the people. But let me tell you something. Have hope. If you are not presently going to church or in a small group or you're not going and, and, and surrounding yourself with other believers, I want to just tell you that you really need to. Um, you need to find a community that, and, and, and we would love to see you at the church at Bushland, but I don't care as long as it's a Bible-believing church that believes that the Bible is the infallible, inerrant, and inspired word of God. It's great. Go for it. You need other believers to surround yourself with. And your community, the people that you build and bring into your community are so important. You don't know what to do in these times when things are so upset. Well, community is it. Parallel economies, knowing who you're, you know, the, the people that you're going to lock arms with when, you know, things go upside down. Because trust me, things are going to go upside down. The good news is, is that Jesus has already told us, just like that word says, as the day approaches, that he, right, bef right before us, in the nick of time, the harpazo, in the nick of time will snatch us away. 
And I'm going to do a teaching on, on pre-tribulation here soon because um, there's a lot of um, pastors out there that I hear teaching on, on post-tribulation, that, and, and they're even teaching some heretical teachings that people I used to respect, and it's the Bible, it, they're contradicting Scripture. So I want to talk about that soon, but I want to leave you with one last thing. We're going to wrap up. And, and I want to, there's a, 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 a man that I, I, I like to listen to, and there's a woman that God gave a word to, um, and her name is Penny Jackson. And I want to just read over you what the Lord had given her. And this just goes just like this. It says, uh, I know these times are hard, and there are times that you wonder if you will make it. That, uh, that is the enemy working to cause you to give up. Yet you... Uh, Yet within you is a backbone of steel that I have forged in you. This is God speaking over you. I have been forging a strength in you that I will cause to rise to the surface as you call on me, as you direct your total focus to me. You can even feel the chaos and distraction in the atmosphere as you leave your homes and as you make your way around cities and towns. Address it. Chaos does not have the right to rule and reign where you are. Don't ignore this. Don't succumb to it. It has no right. Call forth what I am doing in the land today. Call forth the weather that I desire for the land now. Don't accept anything at face value, but ask me where I am in it, what I want to do in it. As children of God, you have power beyond what you ever, uh, even know or imagine. You have all of heaven working with you like Elisha's servant. If your eyes were opened in this hour, you would see the myriad of angels arrayed in battle garb. This season won't last forever. It seems like it will right now, but it won't. Keep looking to me. Keep looking to God. Address the atmosphere around you. Look for angel activity. It's there. Don't give in to despair or hopelessness that the enemy is sending against you. You will see the victory. Remember that it is always darkest before the dawn. Thank you for joining this program. If this has blessed you in any way, please go out there, subscribe, give a thumbs up, give a comment. Let other people know about this program. We put a lot of energy into this only so that we can further the kingdom of God. Thank you for joining us tonight, and we will see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast from the Church of Bushland. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram by using the Church of Bushland. We are all about people because God is all about people. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference.